Welcome to Words to Inspire, Empowering Others Through God's Word. And I'm welcoming back today Karen Haneen, who started us off last week with our podcast. Focusing on God and how he is all-powerful, and also focusing on some of his uh, attributes, such as his love, his mercy, his grace, kindness, compassion, which is what motivates God to heal us. And so we were, uh, it's kind of, I guess, a bit of adoration and praise to God to recognize his power and, and his, his great attributes. And we're talking uh, on these five podcasts from Karen's book, God's Healing Power, her latest release. And it is filled with good promises from God and good understanding of God's healing power. And today we're going to look at the importance of knowing God's word. But Karen, would you bring us into this with your analogy of God's word and how it impacts us? Yes. Uh, so the more I explored this topic of, of God's healing power, I realized that the Bible describes many different access points to that healing power. And I like to compare this to the electricity in our homes. So I'm sure in your home, just like mine, you probably have uh, plug outlets in, in every room and you probably have switches to turn on lights or, or gas fireplaces but all of that power, that electrical power is of no use if you don't turn on the switch or plug in the plug. And so it's the same with God's healing power. God has unlimited power to heal. And he is full of infinite love for us and mercy and grace and kindness. But all of that will remain at a distance if we don't learn from his word how we can access that healing power. And... Uh, the most important point of access is the word of God. And one of the reasons it's the most important is because it describes all the other points of access. So if we want to find out what they are, we have to know his word. And we have to know all the places in scripture that talk about healing and how, how and when God provided healing. In our technological society and culture, this is such a great analogy because our phones they get low on juice and we don't stop and say, oh my goodness, what in the world is wrong with my phone? We look at it and say, hey, the battery is low. I know what to do. So really, it's so applicable. When we feel low spiritually or emotionally, perhaps we need to get plugged in. And that's what we're going to talk about today on our podcast. Number two, under God's healing power with Karen Haneen. Karen, tell us about God's nature and power in creating or giving us his word. Okay. Well, God has given us his word. And one of the things that, that really strikes me about it is, is in John chapter 1, verse 1, we are told that Jesus is the word. Being part of the Trinity, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus has been around since the beginning of time. And since the beginning of time, he has been the Word with a capital W. So sometimes people think about just the words of Jesus that he spoke when he was here on earth, and they, they look to his words as quoted in, uh, in the four Gospels. But those aren't all the words of Jesus. Because Jesus is the Word, Every word in our Bibles, both Old Testament and New, those are the words of God. Jesus is the word. And, and whenever I think about that, it, it really helps me to think 
about Jesus being the word because it shows how important the word is. When, when Hebrews tells us the word is living and active, well, yes, it is because Jesus is the word and he is forever alive. And so whenever we read any of the words in the Bible, we are communicating with Jesus. We are hearing from him. We are receiving his love, his wisdom, his guidance in every area, including this area of healing. That's such a beautiful picture because so many people think of Jesus as being born and that mm-hmm. was his beginning. And you are bringing mm-hmm. us right back to the first chapter of the first book of the Bible that says, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and we have that in John in that same scripture, bringing that whole picture of Jesus has always been, although he came to earth, we celebrate that at Christmas. But he has always been, and that's a powerful, powerful truth to uh, apply, as you say, to all the word of God, Old Testament and New Testament. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to promises and precedents. Tell us about the promises. Okay. Well, there's, um, there's, there's different parts of the word. And, and I sometimes hear believers, and I used to be a believer too, who thought that every single sentence in the Bible created a promise for me. Well, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Just because when the heavy rains came, uh, God told Noah to create an ark and float on the water. Like, that's not necessarily what's going to happen to us. So we can read through scripture. We can read through lots of stories. Sometimes God gives us very clear promises. And when it comes to healing, I think, for example, of King David writing in Psalm 103, uh, he says that, uh, praise the Lord, uh, oh, my soul, who heals, who forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. And it's, it's in the plural, all of our diseases, his, yours, mine. And so I think that that creates a promise. It's a very general statement about, uh, about God that, uh, and we do believe he forgives all our sins if we ask him to, if we confess them and ask. But, uh, but that's very powerful that King David said he heals all our diseases and King David himself was healed on many occasions. Mm-hmm. But then jumping over to the New Testament, uh, in First um, Peter chapter 2, verse 24, we are told that by the wounds of Christ, some translations say the stripes of Christ, we are healed. And this, of course, refers to Jesus in, in the hours before his death, how he was beaten and uh, his um, those were the stripes that would have been all over his his back, especially but he also had those huge nails driven into his hands and feet. So he was wounded, mm. but it's by those wounds that we are healed. And I believe that creates an amazing promise, but then precedence, you know, I, as a, as a trial lawyer for 20 years, I would often appear in front of judges. And so one of the things that trial lawyers do when they want to get a certain result, they will find similar cases. No case is identical, but they'll find similar cases And so what I would do, I would go in front of a judge and I would say, well, here's this case and this case and this case. And the court came to to this result. I'm asking you to do the same for our case. And I was just trained in doing that. So for me, it's very natural when I go to the Bible and I read any stories. I consider them all precedents. You know, Jesus walked the earth. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. He healed the deaf. He healed people of all different kinds of, of diseases and sicknesses and injuries. And so when I pray to God, I don't think any one of those stories creates a promise to us that he's going to heal 
in exactly the same way or in exactly the same timing, but we can appeal to God and say, you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm telling you about this precedent. It's in your word. This happened. You did it for that person. Can you please do it for me? And I think that's a very powerful way to pray. Wow. That's, that's, it gives a very specific, practical way to pray what is in God's word, his word, to us. That's great. One of the things that I noticed, Karen, and uh, is that that in that scripture, Psalm 103, he heals all, forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. And it came to me as you were saying that how forgiveness is such an important part of our healing. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, too, of the, the, uh, the, the man that came that couldn't walk. And, and, um, and he was bedridden and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And everybody's saying, what's the matter, Jesus? This guy needs to walk. He doesn't need his sins forgiven. But it was just that emphasis on how important the spiritual implication is in our lives. Could we just talk about that a little bit? That wasn't really in the plan, but it just seems to come out of what you just said. Yes. Well, I mean, that is actually a very important point of access to God's healing power, and that is having right standing with him. And uh, we, we do that by just admitting to God that we are sinners. Yeah. We confess our sins, we repent, which means to just change and go in the other direction. If we've been sinning and doing things that we know are wrong, well, then we have to confess that and as best we can uh, change direction. And of course, we're nobody's perfect, so we will sin on future occasions, but then we do the same thing. We say, God, I'm sorry. I confess this. I want to change. Help me. And that gives us right standing with God. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, in the last podcast, we also talked about God's grace and mercy. So he, because he's sovereign, can heal even people who aren't in right standing with him. So when we pray for a loved one who may not be a believer, God in his grace and mercy can and, and might very well heal that person. But When we're praying for ourselves, having that right standing, having a heart that is keeping short accounts with God gives us a very important point of access when we're praying for ourselves or for others. Yes, and as I think about that, it seems that in that right relationship with God, that's what is eternal. That is going to last forever when these bodies are totally healed. And so the emphasis... For all of us, we just want to make sure that every listener knows that they're standing with God, a right relationship with God, that their sins are forgiven, that they've stood in need of a Savior, as you just said, Karen, and that that will give them access to living forever in a body that's perfect. These ones are not. But that's an important part as we're talking about God's Word, because God's Word is all about living forever. His word is lasting and forever. And he wants us to live forever. And uh, and so God's word is such an important part in the relationship we have with him, because we find out about him as we've already been talking about. So we want our listeners to know God's word, know it in practical ways, know it in powerful ways, know it in promises, know it in precedence. Uh, and know it in power. So let's talk about God's great power in his word, Karen. 
So God's words are powerful. And uh, I think I've mentioned already that uh, Hebrews 4 verse 12 says that uh, his, his word, it's, it's living, it's active, it is full of power. And so we could see that even when Jesus walked the earth, that sometimes all he did was just speak words. And on the basis of those words, if they were received with faith, those words were enough to heal somebody. So I think, for example, of uh, the story that's told in John chapter 4, verses 46 to 53. And this tells the story of an official from a town called Capernaum. And he came to Jesus asking Jesus to, to heal his son. His son was sick and dying. His son was not with him. His son was back in Capernaum. But this man came to wherever Jesus was and asked for Jesus to come and heal his son. Well, Jesus did not travel with the father to Capernaum. All he did was speak. And, and he said, go, your son will live. That's all he did, was just give the man some words. Now, what the man wanted was for Jesus to come and maybe lay hands on his son to do some of the things that he'd seen Jesus do with others. But instead, Jesus just gave him words. So those are just uh, five words, I'm counting them. That's all Jesus gave. Far away from the, the sick and dying son, he said, go, your son will live. But the important part is that this man believed Jesus. He didn't carry on pleading with him, well, just please come, please come. And he, he believed, and then he went on his way. And as he was heading back to Capernaum, some of his servants met him, and they said that the son was, was getting better. He was... Uh, he was uh, well on his way to recovering. And the man asked the servants, he said, well, when did this start? When did my son start to recover? Because he'd been going downhill, right? He was dying, and now he was starting to recover. And the servants said it was at a certain hour, which was the very hour Jesus had spoken those five words. And in fact, the son recovered. He didn't die. And so those five words, Jesus just spoke them. And he spoke them at a distance. And uh, and that was enough to, to heal this um this boy. Other times Jesus spoke directly to sick people. So I'm thinking of John chapter five. Um, there was a man who'd been sick for 38 years before Jesus encountered him. And so this is a case where Jesus spoke directly to the person. And he didn't even say you're going to be healed. He just said, get up, take your mat, go home. And so the man must have thought, I've been invalid for 38 years. How can I do this? But again, the man received those words. And I think he sensed the power in them. He decided he was going to believe and obey those words. And so he got up and, and then he was given the power and strength to, to walk and he was healed. But again, it was just with words. That's so beautiful. And there are a couple of things that, that come to my mind when you're sharing that. Jesus' words spoken remind me of back in Genesis, the power of God's spoken word. He spoke mm-hmm. into being. He yeah. spoke it all. And the power of words of Jesus is that same power that did all of the creation. That's the power of Jesus' words. So how important that we do have God's word in our hearts and lives. Of course, part of my ministry is encouraging others to memorize and study and read. But yeah. memorizing scripture has been a powerful, powerful source of strength and power in my own life. And um, I'm doing a, a, a memorizing class online right now. And in that class, the women are discovering that even if it's just a half a, a verse, it's God's words. And so we never minimize 
the little verse that we do know. We take that verse and we stir that up and say, these are God's word. Make it alive in my spirit, Lord. And uh, wow, it, it surprises me when I make that application of understanding and believing and just sometimes not even fully believing, but just acting on what I know to be true. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And so uh, new believers don't know all of the word to begin with, but whatever we know, yeah. let's believe it and apply it and and uh, just wait and watch to see what God's going to do. And, and he can do amazing things in all of our lives. I think of even the followers of Jesus. So I'm thinking of, of Peter, you know, one of the early Christians, a disciple, an apostle. And we can read in Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 30, how he prayed to the Lord, and he prayed this. He said, grant to your servants, so he was one of, a servant of God, to continue to speak your word. Mm. That was the first thing that Peter asked for. He wanted uh, to be able to continue to speak the word of God with all boldness, while you, the Lord, stretch out your hand to heal. So it was the speaking of the word that came first when Peter clearly understood that. And, you know, all these wonderful signs and wonders and healings, uh, even after Jesus had left earth, all these wonderful signs, wonders and healings happened because of the word was being spoken and it was received. And when it was received with faith, people were being healed all over the place. Wow. Uh, it's just so exciting to uh, to be able to share with you when you find somebody that has that same love and experience of of God's word in your life. And and I just am thinking about the listeners today. Perhaps you haven't read your Bible recently. Maybe you know picking it up today and picking out some verses uh, and and letting them speak to your spirit. Because there are so many ways that we can put God's word into our lives. Since this is the podcast on God's word, we can read the the word, we can study the word, we can memorize the word, we can speak the word, There, we can meditate on the word. And maybe today you could choose one of those ways just as a beginning of getting God's word into your life. Karen, you've probably got some more ways to put God's word in your life, but we've both experienced the power of God's word in our lives. Would you like to share one of your experiences? Yes, okay. Well, one of maybe the shortest stories to tell. When I was in my mid-20s, I was traveling in India, and I came down with malaria. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I was very sick. I had high fevers uh, for some days and and. I just couldn't get comfortable. I was either shivering uncontrollably or mm-hmm. and I would pile all these blankets on top of me and then I would take them off. And then I just, I went through all the, the, um, the, the chills and muscle aches and all kinds of things. But it was when I came back, I, I got healed me of, of all of that after a number of days. It was when I came back to Canada a few months later, my hair started to fall out. And at first I didn't make any connection but when I went to the first doctor, I ended up seeing a few, including some specialists. And that's how I found out I had malaria. I was tested. But um, one of the first questions they asked, well, you know, were you sick a few months ago? Did you have a fever? And I described what had happened. And, and uh, they said, well, what usually happens is then a few months after, you know, that, that traumatic sickness and, and that high fever, the body will start to shed its hair. And I said, well, will it grow back? And they said, well, there's no guarantee. At first, they weren't sure if it was malaria, scarlet fever. And I remember 
leaving one of the doctor's offices just crying my eyes out yeah. in the subway station when I was trying to find a payphone to, to call my mom. But, you know, God's word, I, I was, of course, reading chapters and, and, and verses that dealt with healing. But here's one sentence, one sentence that I hung on to that really just filled me with faith that God was going to heal me. And it was this from Luke 12, uh, verse 7. Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. That doesn't even talk about healing. But I remember thinking, okay, I'm losing this. I was losing so much hair. My hair was rapidly thinning. I just thought, okay, if you've numbered my hairs, if you have the power to do that, to count everyone's <laughs> hairs and you're counting everyone that's fallen, you have the power to reverse this, to turn this around, to let my hair grow back in. And um, it ended up being uh, my hair was falling out over a period of weeks just getting thinner and thinner. And by some miracle, I wasn't looking like I was not getting bald spots, but it was just thinning. I went to a hairdresser and she said, you know, it was only cancer patients that she saw that, that had the same kind of hair loss. And she just told me I'd probably lose all my hair. So that was another little point. But as I just hung on to God's word and that, that one sentence I just read mattered a lot to me. Uh, I ended up going to this healing service. And within a day or two of that, my hair just grew back in, Almost miraculously, it was it was amazing how it stopped falling out and just grew in uh, unusually quickly. And your hair is beautiful. It did come back in thick and page boy style. I mean, I'm using language from years ago, but but uh, I think it's an amazing tribute to the healing power of God and the power of God's word when you take it and claim it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. Growing up, I, I was in a Christian home, and it, it wonderful. And sometimes we kind of, by osmosis, we think we can grab God's word from our parents or from somebody else. But that's not how it works. It is so individual. Like, this love letter is for me. It's for you. And when you have a love letter, uh, you don't want somebody else reading it for you. You want to read it yourself. And glean those truths. And you took Luke 12, verse 7. And you made that yours. And we're not, this is not about um, naming it, claiming it scriptures. This is about taking the word of God and applying it to your life. And, uh, you know, when we're doing in-depth Bible study, we, we have the observation part, we have the interpretation part, and then we have the application part. And that is what is often missing. In Well, it has been in my life, so I can speak for myself, but I have a sense that some that are listening, you just have never taken it as if it's yours from God to you. If he created you with all those wonderful statistics that we heard uh, earlier on, that he has created you, you know, we love those things that we create usually. But God said about his image bearers that it was very good. And so I love the way that you took that scripture, Karen, and made it yours. So whatever scripture we are going to leave you with today, my listeners, we want you to take the scripture and apply it to your life. Make it real for you because God has not left you out, but perhaps you have not let him in through the word. So Karen, as we close off today's program, leave us with a scripture that we can apply to our lives. Is it okay if I do two short ones? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, the time is yours. 
One from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 47. It proclaims that God's word is no empty word for you, but your very life. And by this word, you shall live long. And then jumping to the New Testament, uh, here are some words of Jesus in John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus said to his followers, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. I'll repeat that. Mm. And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And people can ask according to God's words. And you don't know how to pray in God's will until you know what God's will is, which is by reading his word, right? But uh, very, very powerful words of Jesus. Wow, that is very powerful. And it's about getting his words inside us, not up in the head, but down in the heart, where it is active and living and changing us. And Karen, you and I both experienced taking God's word and, and, you know, a few months later realizing that God has been changing you and you weren't even aware of how he was changing even your mind because God's word can change our minds when they're confused. And this is a time of great confusion great deception in our world. And God's word is the truth. It will never lie. It will never deceive. It will always empower you when you take it and use it for its intended purpose. And wow, what a great time today. I'm looking at God's word, Karen. Thank you so much. I can't wait for our next podcast. We've already done two. So if you've missed the first one, go back and listen to podcast number one with Karen Hanine. And until next time, we're going to sign off. Bye for now.